Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comics Evolve, where we discuss all things around comics, media, culture, with your hosts, Andy, Jarian, and Alex. Welcome to Comics Evolve, myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And here we are, guys. It's a, it's a lovely Sunday afternoon or evening for some of us. And uh, we are back live. We've got lots to talk about today. We're going to be talking about Secret Invasion Episode 1. We're going to be talking about those big news items of the week. But before we get started, how are we? Alex, how are you? Good, good. I actually have something kind of exciting that I bought this week that I wanted to show off. It is a Funko. I bought this awesome blockbuster. Funko. Oh, wow. Nostalgia for me, you know, like, so I uh, just wanted to show that off. It's, Look uh, at that. That looks big. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a normal size Funko. It's just oh, okay. Funny Maybe because, just holding it close to the camera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's funny about it, though, is, is like it's a VHS like cassette like case with feet and eyes holding a popcorn bowl. So, I mean, <laughs> cool little piece of nostalgia there. So nice. Yeah. I had them. Um... Uh, in my hometown we had our own um local uh, music and video retailer and he and, and actually it's it's quite well renowned in the uk actually um and funnily enough he's closing down later this year he's retiring but it's been a very very well renowned music retailer all over the uk um not not he's not had shops all over the uk but in our town and people came mm -hmm. from long a long way away just to come to our town to come to this music place and he always done you know done um, music hire and uh, sorry film hire and music and vinyls and stuff like that so we always hired from them so there was no chance that blockbuster was ever going to get into our town and then when i went to university there was a blockbuster so i've got fond memories of university of hiring mm -hmm. movies from blockbuster but uh, but yeah that looks great what a great great little funko and it always makes me laugh as well the um the south park episode of with, when they've got blockbuster and randy buys a blockbuster and it's just like a ghost town <laughs> <laughs> what, what's really funny about me for blockbuster is like one of my favorite memories is when i was a kid i had never seen that movie monty python and the holy grail and like i would like came home from school one day and i was like dad have you ever seen this movie somebody's talking <laughs> about this at school and my dad was like what do you mean you've never seen this movie get in the car and puts me in the car and goes there and rents it and we like watch it everything is really funny so brilliant like that's one of my favorite memories of blockbuster so brilliant and what a great memory to have with monty python as well you know what i mean yeah right yeah i mean absolutely set the standard for for comedy in the sort of 70s and 80s and and uh yeah going forward so yeah Fantastic. Um, Jaren, how are you? Doing good. Actually, I renewed my Marvel Unlimited subscription, so I got a nice uh, box uh, in the mail. So let's check out the box here. Um, yeah, let's do it. I got a nice, first of all, it has a nice letter in here for for joining up, and then you get a nice uh, you know, Daredevil type nice, nice. thing here. And then you also get a comic book as well. So you get this nice, lovely, uh, yeah, 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 comic book, and then let me see. We go further in. You get a nice Daredevil pin. That's cool. You get a Captain America Iron On patch. Nice. That's and cool. then you get a nice Daredevil. Oh wow! Figurine oh, here as well. So yeah, pretty cool. I did that yearly subscription thing and. Uh, I didn't realize which tier I bought, but you get a free gift with it. This is what all came in the mail. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's that She-Hulk box sitting on our front porch? When they when the, they dropped it off, I opened it up. I was like, oh, this is from Marvel Unlimited. So, yeah, it's a pretty pretty cool looking box. Yeah, it's, that's it. So, 
It's so funny you brought that up because I actually got this one recently. Hey. And, like, <laughs> I, I literally got it in the mail and I was like, what did I order that I forgot about? And I opened it up and I was like, oh, I forgot I'm still in this subscription thing. And I was like, maybe I'll get that high evolutionary <laughs> Funko. And I did not get one. So, but I was like really excited for that box. So. Yeah, That's usually it's funny when I forget what, what I ordered, what came in the mail. Usually it's something Lego related, Lego related. And I get the side eye from my wife. Like, for example, I got a big box in the mail and I forgot that I, I got like uh, Ninjago City. So the main Ninjago City from the movie. Um, and then we got a couple other big Ninjago sets I found on eBay for a pretty good price that were used. So I was talking to my son last night. I was like, all we need to find is the city docks now because we have the gardens and we have the other one where they all form a big city. But yeah, city docks one is kind of hard to find. If it's, you know, if you find it, it's expensive. So I'm still trying to find a good use price on it. But yeah, usually for me, it's Legos and I forget that comes in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> we always my wife always jokes that alexa's been ordering stuff for her yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so, so i'll tell you what i've been up to i've finally watched super mario brothers nice oh, great movie yeah what a great movie what a mm. great movie do you know what for me funnily enough talking about lego it's up there with a lego movie for me yeah absolutely yeah. i mean and, and I know what everybody's been saying. Everybody's been saying about the sort of little nostalgic pieces, the little Easter eggs that are in there. And it's it doesn't come in the form of Easter eggs that we're used to with comic book movies. It comes in mm -hmm. the form of like when they zoom out and all of a sudden you've got this side-on platform-style view of Mario jumping over things. And you're just like, that's awesome. Like, that yeah. is really clever. It's almost like everything is a set piece in that movie. Like, there's yeah. a scene with, uh, like, I loved Yoshi's story on Nintendo 64 as a kid. So there's a scene where they're, like, going through and you just see a bunch of Yoshi, like, stampeding yeah, yeah. yep. in the background. And I was just like, man, there's the Yoshi. Like, I was just, like, checking off things that I remember from yeah, my childhood. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's yeah. almost like you could do a bingo. Yeah, you know, exactly. That, like, oh, there's that, there's that, there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All and the punch-out stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I love DK, so I was so happy about how much, like, Donkey Kong was mm -hmm. in this movie. Like, yeah. I just was, like, I was eating that up this whole time. And I love the little, like, Mario, him and Mario kind of teaming up there in the end. Love that. That was an awesome yeah. little thing they did there. Excellent. So. so many cool little touches, like when they're building their carts as well. Mm -hmm. You know, they're building their, 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 uh, their carts, their Mario carts, and that was great. Um, when he's skidding and he does a little jump, because I remember playing Mario Kart when, you know, I was sort of 11, 12, and you got, if you, if you jumped and skidded, it, it boosts speed. And, yep. you know, it even picked up that. And, and for me, that was on the same level as the Lego movie. What the Lego movie did, the Lego movie did exactly the same, where <laughs> it was kind of like, it, you know, like, um, Emmett's walking around and he picks up a piece and he goes, what is this piece for? And you're like, that's exactly what I used to think. Like, what is this for? Like, <laughs> this is nothing, you know? Um, but no, very well done. Very nostalgic. Um, yeah, I can't wait to actually watch that again. I'm, I'm really looking forward to a second watch on that. And yeah, if they if they make, I know you guys have both said it, um, and I know everybody said it, if they make a universe around that or sequels around that, I'm all in. Yeah, I, I, one of my favorite parts too was they did the Rainbow Road thing from Mario yep. Kart, which was like, that was just so awesome looking and everything. And uh, I used to have this game when I was a kid called Diddy Kong Racing. It was like a spinoff of Donkey Kong, but it was like focused on Diddy Kong. So when they had Diddy Kong in the movie, like I was like, yes! Like I was like, <laughs> you know, I was so excited. 
So yeah. they, it, it was just deep little pools everywhere yeah. that they did in that yeah. movie, you know? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? The story was really great as well. I mean, it was, it was basic, wasn't it? I mean, you, you kind of knew what was going to happen, but it was great. It was well executed. I thought the voice actors were good. The comedy was good. The graphics were good. There was there was not a lot to hate, and I think you said you said it um, maybe last week or the week before, Alex. You can see why this movie is doing so mm-hmm. well in the box office, and you really can. Like it is, it, I think it's got a bit of everything as well. You know, this this harps back. I I think to um, you know uh, classic prime Pixar. You know mm-hmm. where where they nailed a great story, they nailed great characters, they nailed good stuff for the kids, and they also nailed good stuff for the adults. Yep. Um, I mean, like, halfway through the movie, there's this line where Mario's talking to Peach, and he's like, come to Brooklyn, and I'll get you a turtle, right? Because she's talking about, like, how turtles are different there in comparison to on his world. And then at the end of the movie, like, they go to Brooklyn, and Bowser's in that little glass, you know? And and he's like, look, I got you a turtle. And I busted (laughs) out laughing at that. Like, I just thought that was, like, so good. It was like the humor was pretty good in this movie, Mm. you know? Like, it wasn't, like over the top it was like pretty just like it was used when it should have been used i felt like you know very good movie. yeah yeah i'm yeah. interested to see where they go next with this are they, are they going to build a franchise of it are they going to stay more contained to, to mario and donkey kong and and that kind of stuff or are they going to expand it out because with all of the um easter eggs for punch out they put in the movie i would love to see a punch out movie mm-hmm. i think that would be great to go through you probably you know, probably get some kind of tease about Mike Tyson in there, but for the most part, they'll stick to the non-Mike Tyson version, going through all the training, the fighters. I, I think they can make a pretty cool movie out of that as a side thing. And like you said, they could make some kind of universe out of this as well, where they all kind of team up to come down to some kind of big team-up event uh, at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Very impressed. We all enjoyed it. The only downside for me is that my son was downloading the game on the Xbox. So the actual download was really slow and it kept pausing. And I was like, oh, it's really frustrating. You know, there was a bit right at the end, you know, when he gets the star and they're, they're doing their little chase thing, him and him and Luigi are doing their chase thing. And then it stopped and it, you know, the little spinny wheel comes up and you're like, oh, come on. You know, I was just in the, in the flow of things and, and here it is, it's stopping and you're like, oh, come on. But uh, no, excellent movie. From the chat. Oh, go ahead. I was just say one nice little thing I thought they added to was a lot of people complained that Luigi was kind of separated for a large part of that movie. I got so many Luigi's Mansions vibes yep, in, his, exactly. in his stuff that I absolutely was like, no, this is great that he's like, I think they called it the Dark Worlds or whatever yep, yep. that he was in. Like, I love that because like it was just like Luigi's Mansion to me. Playing yeah, that, no, so. I think I think they've done that. I think they've done that perfectly. I think that was really nice the way that they did. I mean, Mario's the main character, but I thought Luigi got. A decent do. amount of time. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from the chat here, hey, fellas. Uh, hope everyone's well. I'll be able to watch the first half today. Maybe a little longer if I'm lucky. This is probably one of our group members. I can't see the name, though, from this chat, but uh, we'll check the group chat to see who that was. But that's, yeah, we're all doing that, good. That's the one and only RMC. Oh, it's RMC. Okay. I figured it was um, Ruben for a second because I know Ruben said he was in today with the time zone change and so forth. So. What's up, RMC? Glad you're back with us. I need you to come out to Kansas and do some hardscaping for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Let's get stuck into this. Are we going to do Secret Invasion first? Yeah, so we'll do the news first. We'll talk about the episode one, and then I'll get into general the rest Let's of the news after that. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Secret Invasion news. Uh, Don Cheadle on different role. I think we're uh, just kind of finding out what's happening with Rhodey as the series goes on. 
uh, his character's evolution in the post-blip world. He's in a different role. We see him as more political animal than we have seen him in the past. He's been more of a military man, but now he's sort of, you know, in some ways, right hand of the president in this special envoy in that regard. So it, it does uh, sound like he has changed roles from being just a colonel to being some kind of either advisor, secretary of state, joint chiefs of staff, some very good or very high role within the government. Uh, I'm interested to see, too, what he plays, especially with the first episode we saw and, and where this comes out. Uh, he also talked about his relationship with Fury. I think what I'm looking forward to is just seeing more, you know, getting under the hood of who he is and seeing how this relationship, not only with Nick Fury, but the other cast members evolve. So this definitely does sound like this is going to build up more into the Armor Wars project that's supposed to be happening uh, with just his role in this. And I'm, I'm all for it, looking, looking uh, forward to it. Um, Samuel Jackson talked about on where it ranks on his list of projects, uh, Secret Invasion. Um, it ranks as number one in terms of things that I've done in the, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I really loved Winter Soldier, so that tone, you know, flows into this very, uh, in a very kind of the way. Uh, and it's a story about people doing stuff, you know, without, you know, all those supers coming in to save you and help you doing all that other stuff. So it definitely sounds like we're not going to see anybody major come in, maybe uh, very into the season tease, but this is going to be a street level Captain America, Black Widow type of movie and not see the extended major characters in here. Um, Ali, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, there's also a rumor going around that there's going to be a very big scroll reveal for an MCU character. Um, I take that as being either we're going to see someone major that in this series that's been a scroll the whole time. Um, if that's the case, my guess is Rhodey. Uh, we all been talking about that. It might be it. Or someone adjacent to a large MCU character. And there's some rumors going on that Samuel Jackson's wife could have been a scroll the whole time. Um, it, so I, I, don't, I don't mind it, but, but we've not even seen her. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind that idea. But from our point of view as viewers, like, he might be, she might be important to him, but she's not really important to us because we've never seen her. Yeah, and it goes to that line that he said that to Talos in the first episode, I've seen better looking scrolls than you. Mm -hmm. So maybe he <laughs> yeah. did fall yeah. off the scroll up there in space on Saber from No Way Home going forward, or even back when he first got introduced to scrolls back in Captain America. Maybe he met one, fell in love, and there you go. Well, it's funny you say that, Andy, about like how it doesn't feel like it's that important of a character to us, because that's the way I kind of felt like Talos was before yep. Secret Invasion, was I didn't really think that he was that important of a character it felt like he was just kind of like filling in for fury while he was off world you know for for the most part and i like i don't know why but i never really like thought too deep about how much i thought he was going to really play into the series mm -hmm. and i think he's going to be you know probably just mm -hmm. as much in it as nick fury is it's fury you know? yeah this yeah. is this is this is samuel jackson and ben mendelson's show yep mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. yeah um, Ali Salim, who's like the director on the show, he talked about Feig, Kevin Feig not allowing some ideas due to conflicting plans in the MCU. He said, I guess it's a question for Kevin Feig, but all ideas were on the table. All ideas were good. Some ideas were less good. And some ideas were killed because Kevin has a plan uh, going down the road. And I'm not sure what that plan is. We had free reign until it didn't make any sense for the story. So to me, I wonder if any of that conflicted with anything we're going to see moving forward especially with the rumored armor wars project um happening so interesting 
So I wonder if they maybe 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 they made Rodeo scroll and said nope, you can't do that. But honestly, let's have this conversation real quick. So I know Alex and I had this conversation, and I think we had it before on this uh, on this show. Um, Rhodey being a scroll, you know, and being switched out during between Iron Man one and Iron Man two would make the most sense because of the actor change, but. It would hit much deeper if he's been a scroll this whole time since Tony knew him in college at MIT, uh, those early days. Um, but I think for the arc of the MCU, it would make so much sense that if he was a scroll later and not earlier and missed what happened in Endgame, because I think him finding out that t- about Tony's death while he was switched out would make so much more impact to him and the MCU. So, mm. so, so watching the Legends episode last week. They almost completely and utterly omitted anything. Rogue. Well, they did. They, you didn't see Terrence Howard mm-hmm. in the Legends episode at all, yep. which I thought was, in a way, I thought it was a little bit patronising to, to us as viewers because, for me, I'm, uh, and and I, and I know for you two as well for, for certain, and I'd like to think for a lot of the people that we know on 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 a slightly sort of deeper level in regards to Marvel stuff. You know, some of the guys on our group that we're mature enough to understand that actors change, you know, and, and things happen, you know, mm-hmm. that Rocks, for example. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we're not going to sit here and go, Oh, what's happened? You know, mm-hmm. we understand, you know, there's, there's contracts and there's, there's, there's negotiations that go on with actors. So I would have liked to have seen some of, um, Terrence Howard's scenes from, from Iron Man one in that mm-hmm. legends episodes to keep filling out Brody's story. And I, personally i wouldn't have been confused i understand how some people would have been but i personally wouldn't anyway i also think that that is another reason why they probably won't do anything to do with him being a scroll from that point i just think like you said joe i think it'll be a lot later if he is a scroll i think it'll be a lot later yeah and i really like i i kind of am hoping that like he's like dod he's kind of taken that tony stark role he's like head of like the department of defense for the u.s government or something and then they do that whole thing like maybe he gets switched out either in recent years or maybe at some point in the show and we don't know it but i mean like i'm almost getting this vibe that like i mean they're talking about there may be like what a season two for this yep so i mean if there's a season two i'm like I know I said like a week or so ago, like it would be so funny if like Rhodey was at the end of this and he was like, hey, phase one is complete. Now we move into phase two. And that's where like I feel like this is going to kind of go where like they're going to think that maybe they won at the end of Secret Invasion. But it was really just like the first step yep. in 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 the movement of what they're actually trying to do. Like, So if you read the latest uh, Secret Invasion run, there's a five-issue run right now. It's actually Marvel Unlimited. Um, It's heavy Maria Hill and uh, 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 Nick Fury focus with some Tony Stark sprinkled into it. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the run, they kind of do a nice thing about how they could continue the series going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some interesting new sc- scroll advancements in, I'm not gonna give it away. So I don't want to spoil it for somebody who hasn't read it yet. There's an interesting, interesting new scroll advancement in this one. Tony Stark does some Tony Stark things. Um, but at the end of it, it's kind of similar where it sets up the next run of the series. I wonder if they could follow this series without Tony Stark, Rhodey, maybe being in there. Um, you know, heavy Maria Hill, Samuel Jack or Nick Fury focused and go with that. And then, that kind of sets up season two because we've maybe only seen the scratch of the surface of the super scroll 
in the MCU version and we get more Super Scroll in second season, for example. Mm-hmm. So. And I th- I think that would be a crazy twist if like Rhodey actually ended up being like a super scroll or something <laughs> like that, you know, like, and that could be one of those things where maybe he tries to pit people against, you know, Avengers and things like maybe, maybe Rhodey takes kind of like a Norman Osborn kind of role in the yeah. MCU, you know, like kind of building his own kind of group and stuff like that. I mean, they could do kind of a lot. And with Armor Wars on the horizon, they could kind of point this and I feel like couple of directions to be honest so a couple of things in the chat here um i'm sure they would have noticed when vision shot him out of the sky if he was a scroll back then gotta be after that if he's if he is i guess that's a great point and also Rhodey was not snapped but he could have been switched out during the blip while he was off during those missions on his own and looking for clint aka um ronin uh when he reports back to to the rest of them so that, that's a great point there mm-hmm. um Another one, I also thought the docs would have noticed if Rhodey was Ohan. Um, same person said the same thing. <laughs> but the scroll, um, I also thought I would notice that if Rhodey was a scroll in the hospital, but I think the scroll facade goes down deep to the DNA level limitation, imitation. So that's a great point, too. So even though he did get shot down, he still not would have revealed himself, you know, because usually we don't see them get changed until they die and he was still alive. Um, so that's a great point. Um, um, someone also goes, the blip would have been a prime opportunity. That's a great, yep. you know. Yeah. Yep. yep. He wasn't snapped, but he was off doing things and they were shorthanded. So that would have been a great time to snatch him. Yeah. And I think that you can see that they're leading heavily into the effects of the blip in this yep. show. Um, and I think that that's exactly where the scrolls would have seen their opportunity to to, to act. Yep. Definitely. I mean, people get snapped, you can easily replace them. And, you know, you can seamlessly just take over their lives and just be like, you know, I was never snapped. So I assume that when everybody returned five years later, and a bunch of people have been living their lives for the last five years, and they haven't been here, they're going to be like, how is this possible? And I'm sure that's going to be a perfect spot for them to take the place of world leaders, for them to like slide into government positions, you know. Do you think we could get, just on that note, that's a really good point. Do you think we could get, so in the, in the original Secret Invasion run, we got that, um, that shot, that it was a big two-page spread of when the ship came back to Earth. And everyone got off of the ship and everyone was sort of looking at each other. It was like looking at a mirror and everyone's like, wait a minute, who's this? Is, who's the real one? Do you think we could get, I mean, obviously with the blip, everyone came back in their place that they got blipped in. But do you think we could potentially get something along those lines because of, for that reason, the fact that people, scrolls may have taken the place of people that were blipped and then somehow the scrolls have managed to get the people that were blipped when they reemerge they've collected them up maybe i don't know yeah i i mean like i feel like if you're a high government official and you've been operating for five years and then another one of you pops up and like that's like very concerning it's like what is this like a shapeshifter like what's the deal with this like there's going to be so many questions if you're in the mcu so i feel like they would almost have to like snuff out that person Mm. before that person could like you know so i contact like anybody the, yeah yeah exactly so like if you're the scrolls and like everybody starts reappearing you instantly go into damage control yeah because that's what you're i'm like, saying that's what yeah, I'm saying. You, you're yeah. like we've got to get this problem resolved yeah. because we've been taking stuff over for like the last five years so yeah I mean, also too i'm interested to see because it looks like we know the president from the previews is a scroll when did he get switched out um because it looks like you see fury shooting his helicopter down in one of the previews 
And so at, at some point you're during this series or before he was, a, he was, a, he was switched out as a scroll. Also too, in the latest comic book run that referenced as well, they actually revealed that they've had deep cover scrolls in high priority positions for a long, long time too. So I wonder what, uh, that, how that's going to play also. Where do I know that guy from the president? Uh, he's been all, he wasn't, he was in uh, young guns. You know, he was um, in all kinds of stuff. Derm- uh, Derm- uh, Mc- um, I can't I remember his full name. I recognize yeah. the guy. Yeah, but I can't. I, I was literally just searching for it and I can't find it. And I was like, I recognize him and I meant to do it at the time. And I thought to myself, I'm going to do it now. And I still can't find him. Uh, it, somebody messaged me his name because I recognize him from so many things. It's Dermot M. Is his name. I can't remember his last name. He's been on Friends. He was in Young Guns. I'm trying to think what else he's been in. He was he was in thre- Friends, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was uh, the he was Jennifer Aniston's boss when she came back from maternity leave, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, do you know what? I'm seeing him now in loads yep. of things now that I'm. Start, my mind is starting to go. Yeah. Do you remember him in this? And I'm like. Yeah, I remember seeing the guy. Where did I remember seeing him recently? As soon as I find out his name, I'll realize where I've recognized So, him. a question from the chat here. Um, they couldn't have been able to clone that many people unless they had already done it before they dusted, right? Right. That, that's a good... Yep, yep, because... Um, and it goes back to the next piece. They showed in the first episode the, the tech they had to steal a person's memories and mind. I bet they did it a lot of people that came back. So, that same tech we also saw in Captain Marvel that Talos was using on Carol to kind of reach into her memories. But how far back do they go? Because we saw that in Captain Marvel, they couldn't, they can make new memories, but they couldn't go back to old memories and remember certain things. So I wonder how, what's the limitation of that tech? Have they advanced that tech as well? So good point there. And then from the chat, someone goes real quick, sorry. Durant Mulroney is the person. Yep. All right, I'm going to work out exactly what I know him from now. Go on, carry on. <laughs> I, I was just going to throw in there. One thing that I do want to point out, though, is I think that a scroll could probably look at a picture and replicate somebody. I yep. mean, they literally just, like, sit down in front of somebody in this show, and you just see them well, copy, like, you, exactly what they look like. You, you know? saw that in Captain Marvel, though, when they walked on the beach, right? They just mm-hmm. looked at a person real quick, yeah. you know? So they could take any kind of picture. And when we talk about Ross, I have a thing about that about the whole Ross thing. Um, but before we get to that point, um, another person says, I think they seem to uh, take a look, but the tech they have to use for mine supports uh, what you're saying, I think. So they kind of agree with what we're talking about then, it sounds like. But go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, you know, so I feel like, you know, maybe I guess, like, the issue I have is, is like, is it a hundred percent like efficient on their transformations when they like copy somebody's appearance? Is this going to be one of those things where it's like they don't do it perfectly and like Fury's talking to somebody and realizes that like, you know, there's something off about them, the moles on the opposite side of their face or something, you know, like one of those things. There's so many different things that they could kind of do with that. And I mean, like, it seems like they just look right at you and it's like, boom, I'm your exact copy but they yep. have none of your memories. So they could easily replace somebody, I feel like, during the blip, but they just wouldn't know all of their knowledge, you know? So it, it would be one of those things yeah. that when the people returned, it would be like, hey, let's go get that knowledge now that they had before. And... Un- unless, can I, should I just talk about Ross right now real quick? So yeah. I can forget, forget this. So first episode, right? Right off the bat, we see Evan Ross, right? Last time we saw Evan Ross, he was being saved by Okoye in her Midnight Angel suit, being taken off by some black site because he, you know, he kind of uh, went against Val uh, to help Wakanda. Um, so when did Ross come back on the scene? You know, is, is I'm wondering, when did he, 
you know, where'd he go, you know, after Okoye saved him? My guess, the real Ross is still around back in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my guess of what's going on here. I think 100% now that Val is a scroll, and Val could be Queen Van Renke. Um, yep. Because, think about it, Ross knew certain things, he talked the way he did. How would he know that knowledge without actually the real Ross? Val, right? She was married to him, she was his boss, she would know all those intimate details to feed into an imposter for him. So I think the other Ross is still out there. The real Ross is still out there. I think he's still in Wakanda. I think that directly gives us evidence that Val is of either Queen Van Renke or very high up there scroll. And she's been one of those very deep cover scrolls for a long time. Because think about it. She comes on the scene at the end of Black Widow. She's trying to pit um, um, uh, Yelena yeah. against, against Hawkeye. Think about it. Take out your people who are going to interfere with what you're doing. Hawkeye is a prime target to be taken out. Mm -hmm. Then she shows up in um, Falcon Winter Soldier, you know, tries to manipulate John Walker. And then now we know her next project is going to be in Thunderbolt. So she's going to be tied in the government ways. She has that kind of stuff. I think this kind of tells us that Val is going to be one of those prime scrolls going forward um, in the MCU. 100%. I, I mean, like, I think Val is one of those characters that she appears to try and bring people together, but she's really dividing them. Yep. And I mean, like you said that with, like, she's trying to drive the wedge between Yelena and Hawkeye. She pulls John Walker in at the end of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and she's like, yeah, you know, you did wrong, but we need a person like you right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you were actually in the right, you know, kind of. And, uh, like, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like she's going to basically kind of uh, she's she's just causing problems. She's starting little fires everywhere. Yeah, you know? and she's and she's preying on vulnerable people as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's she preyed on Yelena when she was vulnerable when she'd lost her sister. She preyed on John Walker when he was vulnerable when he'd lost the Captain America mantle. She she's preying on vulnerable people. And yeah, I think the Ross that we saw was I think the Ross that we saw at the end of What Kind of Forever being broken out by Okoye was the real Ross. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. this Ross that we saw was just an imposter Ross, exactly like you said. Uh, Jari and he's just been uh, impersonated by a scroll by the direction of, of Val. And and that line where like in the beginning of the episode, not to jump to the episode, but just like the very beginning where he's like talking to this guy who's like, I got all this evidence about scrolls and everything. Scrolls. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you're going to have to show me some evidence. I can't go to Fury with nothing. In that moment, I was like, yeah, he's a scroll because yep. he wants the evidence because he's going to kill him right after. And destroy and, the evidence. Yeah. Yep. And so that was like exactly what seemed like it was it was going to happen, you know. So um, I don't know. Like this is very interesting. So, so this uh, episode has kind of started off with uh, some controversy out there, and, and two big things uh, for the controversy. One is the opening credits. This was the first time that an MCU project used AI for the opening credits. Um, people are out there saying they're taking jobs away, this and that, but. Um, the AI that was used for the opening credits, it was still made by a VFX studio and an eight-person team, including an animator. Um, so they didn't really take some jobs. They kind of helped. Um, it became a tool, but I can see people's angst with AI being used because I'm not the biggest fan of the opening credits. I think they could have been better, but I understand them using AI for this type of show because of the way the, the tone and nature of the show. But yeah, that was the big first controversy out there is the opening credits. What so what exactly? I, mean, I don't really understand. I don't really understand uh, if I'm totally honest with you. What exactly happened? Like because I, I actually 
quite like the opening credits, if I'm honest. I like the theme and I like the artwork, but yeah. What they told AI people? what to draw and yep. it drew it using imagery from the internet and things like yeah. that to create imagery for them to use in the, I guess, beginning credits. That's a shame. Um, and then, I, I now like it less. And they probably they probably took the, what the AI output to them, touched it up to make their own, and then put it out there. But AI was probably a big tool in creating that and feeding it certain parameters to to make that intro. Mm. Yeah, I now like it less. Uh, however, that actually feeds into the show quite nicely because yep. I thought I knew something and now I didn't, and then now I do, and now I've got different feelings about it. So well, actually, and- that's kind of exactly what the show is about, I suppose. <laughs> And I've seen like other people make this argument that like it's kind of an interesting idea to do with this show because this whole show is about like people being impersonated by like yeah. aliens. Yep. That exactly the tone, yeah. the nature of the and, show. Yep. So, so like this is like an AI creating something that like yeah. most people I guess are thinking like a person made. So it's kind of a weird kind of twist there. But yeah. I don't know if I agree. But you know. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, get, I get the angst though with everybody because the whole um, writer strike right now. There's supposed to yeah. be a. An actor's guild strike coming, so I get the angst of it, and I yeah, understand people's reservations about using AI to, to do things right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I didn't, I, it's funny actually. I, I feel I need to review my own thoughts now because I I quite enjoyed the opening credits. Actually, I really like the opening credits. Um, I like the music, I like the artwork, I liked it all. However, now I'm not sure. and now i need to review my thoughts about it because i don't like the idea of ai i agree with i think that might be jace uh, jamie cloud i'm not sure might be rmc but yeah i agree with whoever that is that's saying whatever they said yep so from the chat what he's talking he's saying is they don't like ai any form personally so but yeah the other controversy is this show has started off way too slow and people are complaining about the pace of the show which i don't get because off the bat you got ross coming out Basically, you know, we don't know the backstory on Ross, right? And then we get him seeing us being a scroll. Um, we get Maria Hill back in the fold, which we haven't seen actual Maria Hill probably since she got snapped, the real Maria Hill since she got snapped. You know, we did see Maria Hill, we did see Maria Hill in home or far from home, but we found out that was Talos and his wife uh, impersonating them or covering for them. And we at least knew that Fury was on Saber. But where's the real Maria Hill been? And if you think about Secret Invasion, she always has some kind of trick up her sleeve, right? Whether she's an LMD, whether she's a decoy, that kind of stuff. And just going through, we find out that Telos is... Should I just go through these bullet points real quick? Because people are talking about the slowness, yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them. We find out Telos' wife is dead. So when did that happen? You know, what are the details around that? We know that basically uh, Gravik had something to do with her death. We find out that their daughter Gaia has not been around them for ages. You know, we found out that Nick Fury came back down, but, you know, was it the real Nick Fury or a different Nick Fury? Because there's some precedent in the comics of some misdirection with these characters. Um, We get some bombings. um, We get all that kind of stuff. So I don't think where is the whole thing about the show being too slow? I think it started out very well. And, um, and people, and even before the reviews came out, I said it kind of started off slow and then picked up towards the end. And then in episode two, we jump right into it. But as far as the pacing-wise or being slow, I don't see the show as being slow. I thought that episode was pretty good. Yeah, me too. And, I, and I've, I've not got a problem with, even if it was slow, even if you want to call it slow, I've not got a problem with slow. You know, I, I really like um, good dialogue. You know, you look at Andor, for example, um, the, the Star Wars show. Um, there was slow, quote-unquote, 
episodes in that where it was you know there was there was um conversations between uh mon mothma and other council officials which would be perceived as slow but were really great dialogue and i thought so for example i thought the dialogue between um samuel jackson and olivia coleman's characters were was excellent i really mm -hmm. enjoyed that and i'm really looking forward to seeing more of olivia coleman but yeah I, I i don't i don't i don't think that everything has to be 100 miles an hour all the time yeah i quite like that step back and that exposition and that sort of let's think about things a little bit longer and see people having a drink in a bar because as long as it's relevant which i think it all was then i'm okay with that well, I, and I almost feel like that scene in the bar of them playing chess was meant to communicate that this is getting ready to be a delicate chess game of, mm. like, trying to figure out what your opponent's next move is and play to what you expect them to do. And yeah. that was, like, meant to kind of give off that idea. They sit there and they're, like, talking about chess a little bit, but not really, but they're still kind of playing and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like this is kind of a weird situation, like, it almost kind of feels like everybody thinks Fury's off his game in this show, and but, but which he definitely isn't. There's he, he, no yeah, way he definitely he is isn't, but he's definitely dealing with the trauma of being snapped and coming back yeah. because before that moment in the MCU, he's always been one step ahead, three moves, whatever ahead of everybody. We see now that there definitely is some some interpersonal issues Nick Fury has got to deal with from what we saw. And again, that is building out this story even better because we know that's going to probably help drive him as this series goes on. Yeah, there was a great moment in that game of chess, Alex, where Maria says to him, um, I didn't think we lied to each other while we're playing chess. Yep. I love that. I love that. I think that is beautiful. That just that just goes that just gives you so much history that there's obviously a moment in their past where they've sat down and played chess and they've made an agreement with each other that when we play chess, we'll have a chat, we'll play chess, and there's no lying. There's no spy stuff. It's all truth. It's all laid out on the table. Everything's right here on this board. And I love that. I think that is really, really cool. You well, know, remember that, that, that moment when uh, in Age of Ultron when um, he asked Tony if he could borrow Maria Hill and Tony makes some comment about, well, she's always been in your, you know, on your team anyways, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I almost wonder when before she went over to Stark Industries to work for Tony Stark in between the fall of Shield. And that kind of stuff, if there was a chess game then about, you know, what happens if something comes to a point where you have to kind of get back where, or what kind of communication they had back and forth. Because we know from that line, from that whole conversation in that chess game, they've always been in constant contact and they've always been truthful with each other. Like also too, she was the only, one of the only people that knew that he was still alive in Winter Soldier when everyone thought he was dead too as yeah. well. So that trust is there and it's been there for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am. Um, sorry, Alex, go on. I was just going to say, I felt like it going into the episode a little bit, how it ends with her, um, people talking about this episode being slow. I mean, you have, you know, the fake Ross die in the beginning. You have the guy that he kills. You have Maria Hill's, like, supposed death at the end of this episode. <laughs> you have, like, explosions because they blow up a bunch of stuff. I mean, like, it is kind of slow, but there, this is like, you got to walk before you run. I feel yeah. Like this show. And, it's setting the table. Yeah, exactly. And, but I mean, like, there is, like, high stakes. We see three deaths, supposedly, in this first episode, you know? So and, if... and unapologetic explosions as well. And what, what I mean by that is you clearly see people being blown up. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. this, isn't, this is unlike um, the Civil War explosion, which obviously we got information after that where we understand that people died. Um, 
you know, in the where, when Wanda sends yep. uh, crossbones. Yep. Yeah. Um, but this was like, you saw people flying through the air. So this is what I'm saying about unapologetic. So yeah, the deaths you was mentioning, Alex, like mm -hmm. those personal deaths that we saw on mm -hmm. screen, but you saw lots of other deaths as well. You know, actual people dying, you know, like innocent people were getting blown up. You know, I mean, I, I don't think this was slow. We also mm. find out, too, that scrolls have been impersonating um, terrorist groups for a while now, too. So, again, the slowness. I don't mm -hmm. see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the chat, speaking of Maria Hill's death, uh, I don't think that we've seen the last of Maria. Hope not anyways. Um, and then the comments about Fury. Um, Fury capitalizing on people's underestimating him for sure. I love the heady stuff. And this is going to be just that, I think. And, yeah, especially that conversation with, well, first thing. Uh, take a snap back here. They probably showed the White House in the opening credits, which I think is more mm -hmm. hints that the White House and big government places are already compromised mm -hmm. with scrolls. Um, but then, you know, going into other things too, before I get to back to Olivia Coleman, they've already been adapting to the planet, right? We saw that you can grow scroll vegetation mm -hmm. here. Talos had that plant that uh, his wife was uh, his wife was growing, and it took. Then you have uh, Gaia. When we showed her that they had scroll wine. They had scroll food all in that camp that they were at. I wonder if the radiation from them being in that area has nothing to do with that. But you see, they're already planning to build a new because they called it what new scrollios. I think they called it scrollos. Yeah, scrollos. So they're already planning to take over. So we're seeing those things too where they're building that. But we also found out that Talos is no longer very welcome within the scroll group. Right? He was on their council. He was the leader of their council. I thought now he's gone. And now graphics. Yeah. So you're seeing all that stuff build up. Um, but then kind of going back to Olivia Coleman's conversation, that was like Andy said, that was a pretty great conversation between those two, you know, and Fury doesn't trust her, doesn't trust Fury. Fury put that bug on the owl's eye. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, there's been, you know, talk about that, well, that comment about a large black man walking around Moscow. I almost spit out my drink when I was, my <laughs> coffee when I was watching that, um, and then, but also, too, just that conversation back and forth, the trust, the non-trust, the bugging, there's some history there between those two. A lot of people think, though, that she's tied to Union Jack. I'm not sure about that, though. Um, do you guys remember who Spymaster was from the comics? Uh, no. Because she made a comment about an old English tradition, or an old English Spymaster that started the tradition. I think oh, okay. the comment she made in that conversation. Right. So, in the comics, there's a person called Spymaster, who Spymaster basically is one of the catalysts for kicking off Armor Wars in the comics run, right? Okay. So what happens is um, he sold Stark Designs to Justin Hammer in Armor Wars. Yeah. So this could also be, she could be tied to the MCU Spymaster, and we know this show, again, sets up Armor Wars. And so I wonder if she's going to end up being the MCU version of Spymaster or tied to them. That conversation was kind of interesting. I was like, when I heard that Spymaster thing, I had to go back and watch it again and again to make sure I heard what I heard. But I wonder if they're, you know, the whole Union Jack thing with Misdirection and her actually being a Spymaster uh, tie in the MCU, especially knowing the Armor Wars is coming. Yeah. I'm looking forward to... I, I, I'd like to see um, a lot more of her. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I really like... So, so there's... Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Gentleman. We've, um, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. We've... Um, uh, Hugh Grant and... Um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's in it. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a typical Guy Ritchie movie. Um, a little bit more modern than Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. But I'd really like to see a Captain Britain movie mm -hmm. like like that. 
And I think she would fit into the, a movie like that perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. Like what she displayed in this episode one would be perfect in a Captain Britain movie in that style. Absolutely perfect. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing more of her. But that's really interesting what you just said there. And that could play into a movie like that. Mm -hmm. A couple other things, too. The whole scroll side of things, right? So when they're there, they're in their natural form, but all of the, the soldiers or the warriors stay in their human shells mm -hmm. longer, you know, full time so that to help avoid a, a detection. Um, so that was interesting, too. Um, only the warriors of the compound. So anyone who's not a warrior has to stay there. That's interesting. Um, and then also, too, they mentioned a comment about at least 100 operatives are in the field. And then most identities are kept secret. And only a couple few, I think like Gravik yeah. and probably his closest people only know who they are. That was also interesting as well. So that whole scroll uh, camp, uh, scroll us, you know, kind of thing. Very interesting to see what that plays out and how long have those 100 operatives in the field been there. So I have this little wild theory. It may not actually happen, but you know how they keep talking about like uh, Taylor's wife dying yep. and it being at the hands of this scroll group. Um, and they keep saying, you know, I think Taylor's keeps saying it's the leader that did this. You know, you don't know who you're following kind of type of thing. I don't I don't know if this will actually happen, but I think it would be a wild twist if Gravik actually turned out to be Taylor's wife. Ooh. and like it would, just, it would just be like a big like because nobody would know that graphic was actually her yep. and when he or she whatever like when she turned into graphic she could basically like have killed her previous self and she did technically kill her previous self and they haven't really said anything about like what where graphic came from yep. really um so I mean, like, and they're not really talking about how she died either. They're nope. kind of, they keep bringing it up, but they, like, won't tell you, like, if he found her, did he find her dead? Like, was he there when she died? Like, none of that. So I just feel like that would be the biggest twist. That, that would be happen. the ultimate twist if that happened. And I actually love that you said that because I'll go back to that new run again. And I'll give something away. In this new run, there are some scrolls in there that have different powers, right? They can change their mass and size. They can get bigger. They can actually multiply themselves as long as they're touching the other, uh, you know, as long as they're all touching, they can actually multiply to multiple scrolls. So, and they're not necessarily a super scroll, but it's a different type of scroll. So what if she is uh, a different type of scroll like that to where she can, you know, change whatever and, you know, maybe make it like do some kind of copy. Like she can touch someone and make them look like her. So they can look like she died, but actually she didn't die. She's actually grabbed. That would be a great yeah. mind twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of that, actually. You know, who's who. We've already had that. We've already had that who's who. We had a little bit of that, didn't we, in that last scene where they was um, where they was with the bombings. You know, was that... It, which which Nick was that that was shooting Hill? Was Hill Hill? Was was that Nick? Not Nick? Was that... Do you know what I mean? We didn't really yep. know until mm -hmm. it was all sort of said and done who was who. And even then, you're still, like, unsure, aren't you? You know, I mean, was that really Hill that was dying or was that a scroll that kind of got shot and that was planted there and didn't actually die but pretended to die to make think Nick that to make Nick think <laughs> that Hill had died. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like you just don't know what's happening, which is great. You know. So real quick, the chat here. Um, back to your Olivia Coleman character. Um, 100 obsessed with Olivia Coleman character. The snarkiness was perfection. But back on your scroll thing uh, about Maria Hill. So last we knew, Maria Hill was off off world somewhere, right? 
from Far From Home. She was being Talos and her wife for being, you know, covering for them. When did Hill come back? If Hill was on Saber with Fury, when did she come back to Earth? Because all we do is see her driving when the episode starts. So mm-hmm. that makes you wonder where she'd been. Now, there's all kinds of misdirection from Hill, from the comics, to the cartoons, you know, both being LMDs, you know, Stark did tease LMD um, in Avengers when Coulson came or called him. And he said that, you know, this is the life model decoy of Tony Stark, blah, blah, blah. Um, so do we already have an LMD? Uh, I like what you said, Andy. Does she have other scrolls impersonating her in, in doing that? Um, because she has precedent in all of these different things to have some big misdirection or to go underground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that actually happened, right? We, we know that when scrolls die, they change back. Uh, to their scroll form. So if that was a scroll, that scroll didn't die. Um, they could do LMDs too, to where LMDs can bleed and actually look like they're actually a real person, mm-hmm. you know, especially as it probably evolved over time. So I wonder where, you know, where she's been, you know, are they going to explain anything from the whole thing that we assume that she was on Saber with Fury? Cause we actually didn't see her that closing credit scene of Fury in space. We just saw Fury. We didn't see Maria Hill at all. Uh-huh. So, has she been somewhere else? Has she been underground this whole time? Where's, you know, Maria Hill been up until now? And last time my, we saw her. My only um, sort of comment on that, whether we'll see her anymore, and if we're going to get more exposition on Hill, is if you look at the end credits, it says special guest star, Kobe Schmolders, mm, yeah. and special guest star, Martin Freeman. That would suggest to me that they're probably not going to be in the show very much more than what they're already in it. Unless, yeah. unless he comes back at the last at episode, the end, maybe, yep. yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think this, like I said at the beginning, this is Samuel Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn's show. But, mm-hmm. but think back, like I said, think back the whole conversation about them, the chess game, the conversation. Yeah, you know, may Maria Hill with Fury's absence, wherever she's been, had some kind of her own contingency plan, and yeah. so maybe Fury didn't even know about that. Uh, and this whole time, like Alex was saying, Fury's going to think that she's dead and going to do some things, but and, she's going to be the Calvary maybe in the last episode. Yeah. And we kind of yeah. find out that she's been underground and LMD, other scroll people have on her team. Because again, r- read that run of <laughs> that five episode run or well, issue run because, yeah, yeah, because there's some things in there that could play into this series that they yeah. could use. The whole Tony Stark thing is what I'm talking about from your hill that okay. could have happened in this series. So think about that. And it wouldn't be unusual for Maria Hill to do something like that either. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Kind of to compare, I kind of think of Maria Hill kind of like Coulson, because, you know, Coulson dies from Loki in the first Avengers movie. Yep. But, like, in this, like, Maria Hill dies, like, while Nick Fury is involved in something, but this time, like, it's by somebody impersonating Nick Fury. So my jaw dropped, because I did not expect that. I was, like, so into the chaos. Yeah, uh, yeah, That yeah. was everything that was going on when she's like, Nick. And then he just, like, pulls up the gun and shoots her. I was like, oh, I didn't even think that this could be a scroll, <laughs> you know? like. Uh, but at that point, what was you thinking? Was you thinking that's actual Nick Fury killing fake Maria Hill? Or was that fake Nick Fury killing real maria hill do you know what i mean like you you didn't really know at the time you was like which way around is this is that is is she a scroll or is he a scroll or neither of them a scroll i felt like that was fake nick fury like i like i could tell because after he shoots maria hill his face changes like yeah 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 like i got you 
like you know like i fooled you kind of type of deal so like in that moment i knew that was the fake nick fury but it's just so heartbreaking because like as she's dying air quotes um like nick fury comes up and she's like it was you it was you and he's like it wasn't me it wasn't me and that's like if she actually dies that was her like her final thing is like thinking like it was either him or she knew it wasn't him but she's trying to tell him it was somebody impersonating you who killed me you know um so from the comments here you don't die from a gunshot in seconds like she did in episode one very painful but death from that is highly unlikely could just be semantics but that's something i noticed right away yeah and so like i said fury faked his death you know in um winter soldier you know we had the life mall dequake tease um there's all kinds of misdirection that's been done in the mcu and this can be another one you know so before we move on a couple of things firstly i'd like to say actually joran we're going back to a point that you made a little uh, a few minutes ago uh, i think that the plant adapting to earth is going to have a bigger part in this story than we think at this point because that was really interesting why throw that in there if that wasn't important that seems to me like that could be important but so, sorry, Alex, you wanted to say something about that. I, Go on. I was just going to say, I feel like it's kind of like a symbolism kind of type deal for the scrolls, where it's like, you know, this isn't really our world, but we're just going to adapt and take it over kind of type of deal. And that's yeah. kind of like that plant was like, you know, he says to Fury, hey, like this plant has basically adapted over time to growing here. And I like what you said earlier about the, yeah, maybe like things grow better in Chernobyl because of the radiation and stuff like that, which is very plausible, but like, you know, it almost seems like things like from their home world are kind of like a phenomenon around yep. here. Like they're hard to find that it just yep. doesn't, it just well, doesn't happen. When Gaia picked up that guy at the gate and was riding with her and, and gave him stuff, he was shocked. He was surprised, mm-hmm. you know, um, about that. So yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that is going to be a big thing going forward. And that's probably why they want earth because where they've gone other places, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe they didn't yeah. were able to grow the vegetation, have their wine, you know, that kind of stuff, grow plants like that. So they did make a point of saying there was a lot of unused nuclear sites yep. around, didn't they? You know, mm-hmm. and saying, so that could that be a reason why they could live in those places and grow their stuff and all of that kind of stuff? But new, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to point out one thing because we need to we need to move on to, to normal news soon. But the relationship between Fury and Talos, especially in that moment where they first met each other, and Talos told him that was beautiful. That was brilliant. I absolutely loved that. Like, it just went to show how deep their relationship goes and how how friendly they are. And that's unusual for Fury. He's not friends with anybody. Like, he's so stoic, isn't he? And he's so, like, hard to read. But actually, that moment, you could see that he had genuine love for that man, you know, and genuine care for that person. And he was a friend and he was, he was, he, he was human in that moment you know where usually he's so kind of you know business he's always business yeah he's always yeah business. he's always yeah, business. he's all business that, yeah exactly that's a good word he's always business and in that moment he was talos's friend he was talos's brother and i really mm-hmm. like that 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 made him that made him vulnerable which i think is important because somebody said up the top in the comments about him being you know he's kind of using that vulnerability and everybody uh, to sort of go look at me i'm vulnerable but actually no i'm not yeah, people it, think it's going to be his weakness, but it's probably going to be one of his strongest assets. 
Mm-hmm. I love the banter, the friendship between them, because at one point they're talking about how Fury is like should be going through his midlife crisis. And he makes a <laughs> joke, you know, he's like, you know, Talos, you should be, too. And he's like, nah, you know, I'm young. I'm only like 40 in years, <laughs> you know, like I haven't gotten there yet. And he's like, but speaking of which, what did you get for your midlife crisis? And he's like the Avengers. And I just <laughs> love that line. It was like such a nice little and throw. In Talos there. is 136 in school years. Mm, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah. The other thing, too, is they have this also good cop, bad cop banter, right? You notice that where Talos doesn't want to kill, doesn't want to really hurt somebody. You know, he won't go that over that that point, but Fury will. Fury's like, no hesitation of killing somebody. But Talos mm-hmm. is like, no, no. And I also wonder that's going to play into the whole scroll off the council because Talos wasn't ready to make the hard decisions that other scrolls are willing to make. Yeah, that's exactly why he got thrown off the council, mm-hmm. wasn't it, really? Because, yep. and that's like what um, Gear had said to him, or Gia. I'd said to him, like, you know, you won't do what needs to be done, sort of thing. I also wonder if we're going to get any aftermath of the start of the next episode of Maria Hill's death uh, on the Fury from Fury as well. So, but yeah, uh, are we good on episode one? Yeah, I, I think just summarizing, I personally, and I know I've said this since we've done the first well since we've done the episode back with monty and started speaking about secret invasion and what it was gonna be and all of that and i said i I can see this being right up my street i mean you guys know i'm a big fan of the winter soldier and god forbid big fan of uh, uh, well not big fan but a fan of black widow and a fan of all of that kind of spy espionage side of stuff (laughs) shut up (laughs) Uh, a fan of that espionage you know, underground um, spy stuff. So I knew I was going to like this. And this this hit everything for me. Absolutely hit everything for me. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to the next five, five episodes. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I want to see how this goes. I know we're going to get more twists and turns. And this series is going to be all about misdirection. And so I'm looking forward to how this series ends and how it sets up a potential season two or how it builds into Armor Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And and the Marvels as well. Looks like it's going to play into the Marvels because the president said to Rhodey about how Fury's trying to develop this kind of, you know, next generation uh, space. Stuff. Def- yep. Yeah. Saber. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. So that's going to be really interesting too. So yeah, really good. Really enjoyed this episode. Can't wait for next week. Should we move on? Yeah. Uh, so awesome. big news going on here. San Diego Comic-Con. Um, it looks like there's going to be some shakeups this year there. Um, Marvel Studios has already said they're going to skip it, um, which I'm not surprised because usually Kevin Feige wants to have that big presentation. And with all the scheduling stuff and the writer strike going on, a lot of things are up in the air right now. And I think if they were to go to Comic-Con and do something, their biggest thing would be the Fantastic Forecasting announcement, um, possibly some trailers, but not the same normal big presentation that they've done in the past. Also, too, there is no D23 this year either. That's oh. usually... Isn't, there, isn't like every other year, or the way they do it, I don't think there's one this year. I've heard conflict, conflicting things, but I don't think it's actually a yearly thing. It's based on their scheduling. Um, so I wonder where we're going to get any kind of big announcements for those casting things or any kind of trailer releases for upcoming shows. Okay, hmm. interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if stuff's not ready, why make a big deal out of nothing? Basically. Yep, the, the time, the effort, the cost, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, all the planning. Um, also, too, it's reportedly that HBO and Universal are possibly skipping as well. And then other things started getting, being saying that a lot of 
possible <laughs> things are going to be skipped. Everyone, so, everyone, everyone just starts pulling out. Marvel, yeah. pulling out, everyone pulls out. Well, so and this is maybe more too because we have the writer strike now, but there's a potential strike by the SAG as well. Um, so it, it's making it tough for studios to show up to the annual convention without product and performers to promote their projects. Uh, if SAG is unable to reach a deal on new labor contract and orders a strike, actors will not be able to do any promotion work for their films and TV shows as part of the labor stoppage. Um, SAG could order a strike anytime after their current contract with Hollywood Studios expires on June 30th if a deal is not reached. Comic-Con is set to take place the weekend of July 21st. So, also, too, um, it's been said that DC won't show up either if there's a SAG strike. So, right now, DC's on the fence. So. Wow. They should just not show up. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> like the Flash. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, but could this mean a big change for Comic-Con as we know it? Because if you get a lot of the big studios not coming up, that's the huge draw is to get into those halls to see those panels. You know, they still could have Comic-Con with the other stuff, but the big piece is those panels. So I wonder if this has any impact on Comic-Con going forward. Mm. That's yeah. the big one. That's the big one. So, Yeah, it'd be a shame for the people that have... Um, it's a shame, isn't it, for, 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 the, for the punters that have tried, you know, saved up all their money yep. to go to these things and, you know, bought tickets expecting to see stuff and then nothing happens you know it, it'd be a shame for those those guys that have i know a lot of these people there was star wars celebration um over here in london uh, earlier this year and there was people that were spending thousands and thousands of pounds or dollars or euros or whatever to get here to go to it people coming from miles away you know people taking trips from the states for a week to come here and spend three days at star wars celebration it'd be a shame if there's people that have done putting similar efforts yeah you know to get to san diego and and then not i mean i know it's not it's nobody's fault as such but be a shame to those guys i, I i'm just going to be honest here i feel like for dc if they were smart they probably would show up because the biggest issue that they've got is i feel like blue beetle and the aquaman movie are not going to do that well either um, I feel like they kind of announce this new direction way too early ahead of all the movies that they yeah. still had coming out. It's very, it's, it's just like putting a kiss of death on the last few movies that you have that you want to make money off of because people are like, why do I care about this? Anymore? Yeah. It's so, almost, almost unfair on those movies. Exactly. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's like a slant against those movies. So like at the end of the day, I feel like if you're DC right now, you either want to come out and talk about what you have coming out on the horizon, maybe like try and pump that up, maybe give us like a little bit of something or don't show up at all. I mean, I don't know when the actual official like gun, you know, uh, universe kind of takes off. I think it's like with the Superman legacy movie, yep. which I think comes out in 2025. I think it is. Well, they, they um, said blue beetle is the first character, but Superman's the first project. So yeah, I mean, blue beetle though was made before, james gunn took over that was in the works so he's gonna like lump that into his universe i mean aquaman's gonna be supposedly lumped in but i mean the first aquaman made like almost 1.2 billion dollars it's one of the most successful movies dc has ever made i have a very strong feeling aquaman 2 will not get anywhere close to that so 
it it's just like you know it's we'll see but like you know i feel like if you're dc right now you got to do something to maybe try and bring something to the table i have some more things about warner brothers and that kind of stuff so Mm. we get we get to the dc news um from the chat here neither marvel or dc was at c2 e2 in chicago earlier this year they had been in past years so that is telling um but they were at cine europe here this past week uh kevin feig included deadpool 3 the marvels and captain america brave new world in his presentation at the event um he was there by video introduced an exclusive clip of the marvels in muse there's so much to look forward to including 2024's deadpool 3 with ryan reynolds and hugh jackman and next summer's captain america brave new world anthony mackie anthony mackie taking up the shield um so they are pushing those three projects right now because those are confirmed to be coming out and not as much impacted as the strike going on for the writers or if there's a SAG strike that happens later this month, at the end of this month. So I don't want to get into a huge conversation, but I do uh, a smile every time I hear Deadpool 3 starring Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. I'm just like, nice. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is going to happen. This is awesome. Um, we have some Guardians of the Galaxy 3 digital and physical release dates um, purchased on digital platforms beginning on July 7th. Uh, one month later on Almost just under one month later, on August 1st, you'll be able to do 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD copies will hit the shelves. Um, right now, there is no date for Disney Plus yet. That was going to be my question. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, across the Spider-Verse, which is a back in number one uh, this weekend um, out there. So it's still going strong. Um, so Beyond the Spider-Verse, we'll explore, further explore Miles Morales. Sorry, hold on a second. Uh, if you haven't seen Beyond the Spider or Across the Spider Verse yet, um, your mom's Close your ears. Yeah, <laughs> Beyond the Spider Verse will further explore Miles Prowler variant um, to explore how Miles might have developed if he were in a different world where he didn't have his father, where he was mentored by his uncle. What kind of kid would he be? Um, so that's going to be very interesting, mm. uh, and hopefully they start that movie off with that backstory, like they do with other Spider Man variants. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had your earmuffs on, that's the only spoiler I'm going to talk about for Spider-Verse. You can take them off now. Hmm. Um, there's been some controversy, though, with the animation and the working conditions for Across the Spider-Verse. Um, so Across the Spider-Verse animators say Phil Lord drove them crazy with relentless revision, seemingly unfamiliar reality with 3D animation, six months of indecision, and demands to redo finished work five times. Um, they say no way um, is beyond the Spider Verse coming out in 2024. Ooh, ooh! But then Amy Pascal respond to the animal to the animators being demoralized or multiple revisions to the final renders. Said, if the story isn't right, you have to keep going until it is. Welcome to making a movie. <laughs> so yeah, so this is gonna be interesting, and you know, it seems like we're gonna have some back and forth, and almost similar to the VFX stuff that we heard with Marvel um, last year. Uh, that we're having some animation issues now, and I hopefully they come to some kind of some kind of agreement or some kind of compensation or something or better conditions or whatever they need to do to get this right. Because I hope I do not want to see be, uh, Beyond the Spider Verse get delayed any longer. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult to understand and to appreciate what goes on, isn't it? Really, because I I don't know. I wonder whether they are genuinely undervalued, underpaid. I mean, I don't know any. I don't. Yeah. I don't personally know any visual effects artists 
who have worked on those movies. It'd be really interesting to actually hear from somebody who does know one or is one. Um, you know, I, I appreciate there's NDAs and stuff like that and they can't talk about certain things, but are they paid badly? You know, for the amount of work that they do? I don't really know. I mean, we, we, we assume because we see these articles and we read these things that they're not paid well and that they're treated badly. And, but like Amy Pascal just said, welcome to making a movie. Some things just suck. Some things are hard. You know, some things take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether, I, I don't know. I'm not saying they don't get paid well, and I'm not saying they do get paid well. I, don't, I just don't know. Yeah. So you just don't know what to, what to think, do you? You know, I mean, are we, are we in a world where everybody can strike and protest I'm not saying they shouldn't. If they're not getting paid fairly, they should, 100%. And I don't agree with AI taking jobs, and I don't agree with, you know, writers not getting paid what they should and all of those things. But you just don't know. And that's what, yeah, just like it'd be nice to see some transparency. Yeah. I, I feel like one of my biggest personal issues with Hollywood as a whole is I don't feel like there's a lot of, like, new, unique things coming out. Like, I feel like everything's just a remake of something else, a <laughs> sequel that's not needed, or just a spinoff of something that we really didn't want. And yeah. then it's like, you know, it's like them just beating, like, the mess out of something that is literally like, did we need another Indiana Jones movie? Like, yeah. no. But, like, I'm already seeing them talk about, like, hey, we can replace Indiana Jones and keep going and keep making these movies. And I'm like, but we've already had, like, what, five of these things now? You know, like, it's it's just one of those things where <laughs> that, I feel that, like... That, that boat has sailed where they could have James Bonded Indiana yep. Jones. Yep. That's yeah. sailed. They can't do that now. It, it, yeah. It's like that, that scene from Fight Club where he's at the copy, everything is a copy of a copy of a copy, <laughs> right? Because yeah, they're not, yeah. th- there is no new ideas. And I get, yeah, comic books give you all kinds of of source material to use and to kind of adapt, but you know, like Alex is saying, you don't have to everything everything doesn't need a project, right? You want to look at what is going to bring the fans in, you know, what's going to keep the fans in. Are we are we getting superhero fatigue because, you know, or is other factors because, you know, for example, across the Spider-Verse is doing huge out there, you know, attracting people. But on the other hand, the flash isn't doing anything, right? So which which, you know, I think that's both are like the flash isn't as good as across the Spider-Verse, but it's a pretty good movie. Like it actually is. I've seen it twice. I liked it better the second time when I watched it the second time. But the thing is, is across the Spider-Verse is a quality movie. It's very well written. It's very good. And like, you know, for a lot of movies right now, they are not the quality of across the Spider-Verse. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's just it is what it is. Well, you know, I think, too. I'll just tell you guys now, since we're about the Flash, and I'll skip this one and get to the DCU. So it just now passed 200 million worldwide at mm-hmm. 210 million, right? So mm-hmm. this goes back to does did the Flash is the Flash is it because of the actors in it? Is it because that you know the the challenges we know about one of the the main character that's that's playing the Flash? Is it because we know that the DC is changing their universe, you know, and we don't know what the Flash plans are going to be? Also, too, they had a lot of pre-screenings for this movie and this movie the opening weekend you could watch the whole movie pretty much on tiktok and a lot of the the details Mm -hmm. were out there already so did they misjudge in the marketing for this did they misjudge you know it i don't think one thing it could be i think it's basically a combination of things all the above Mm -hmm. and you know hopefully dc learns from this because i think they overhyped the movie 
I think they had too many screenings. Um, yes, the whole Ezra Miller stuff um, with they is going to be an issue with some people. Um, it basically the perfect storm, and also James Gunn coming out and saying, "Well, the DC basically is going to be different as it is, and kind of leaving some ambiguity with." where the Flash is going to be in that new DC universe. Yeah, and Alex kind of said it a minute ago, didn't he, really, about how like Blue Beetle and Aquaman have almost been sort of like brushed aside. And it's it's harsh because they're movies that are still there to be to be seen and to be to be completed in regards to like their viewing and people going to see them and their release and things like that. And it's almost like they've been disregarded before they've even been yeah. released. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know whether this movie suffered from that, but um in regards to the Ezra thing like you know yeah okay he's a strange individual whatever's been proven or hasn't been proven i i don't i don't i don't i don't really know how many people do actually know has that really made a difference has that really made a well, massive the, difference the problem the chat here is, the chat here though it says it's ezra for me from the chat yeah so. but i mean I, I would assume that people that are listening to this have got a real invested interest in, yeah in I, comic I, movies but general public have they re- do they really know much about ezra miller True. I feel like the issue that you have though is is like your lead actor in the movie can't go out and do press for the movie. Right. Yes. Because yes. like right. like when you have your actor go out, he answers questions, he talks about how great okay, it would yeah. be. Like he would be asked questions like, How did you feel acting alongside Michael Keaton? They're sitting there talking back and forth. Okay. They couldn't do that with Ezra. It was like if we put him out there, everybody's only going to ask those questions about what yeah. he's done in his private life. They're yeah. not going to ask about the Flash. Okay. So that was why they kind of just like kept him quiet. And one know. small okay, yeah, correction makes... for our listeners: Ezra goes by they. Just, just so you guys know. Yeah, yeah, they. Okay, okay. They, yeah. Um, from the other person from the chat here about the Flash, I really enjoyed the Flash so much more than I thought I would. Uh, Whether delayed our viewings, but it's 100 worth the wait. And my son, when he saw the previews, I was he wanted to go see it. And then as it got close to the movie coming out, his excitement died down. You know, like I told you, I think last episode, the one before that, I said, what do you want to see? You know, I go, do you want to go see, um, do you want to go see Transformers or do you want to see The Flash? And he chose Transformers. And I've even said to him before, I was like, do you want to go see The Flash? And he's like, nope. So to be fair, m- my family is exactly the same. We had the opportunity to go... <laughs> I wanted to chalk. I think I said this last week. I was trying to chalk off a, a bucket list item where I was going to go and pay for one movie and sneak into another. <laughs> but it, it never happened. It's sad, isn't it? That's one of my bucket list items that I want to go to one movie and sneak into another straight afterwards. Oh, how sad is my life? Um, <laughs> anyway, point being is that the, the, the Flash was one of the movies that was that was potentially to be able to sneak into and it was like it was down on the list after transformers after i think jesus christ it might have even been after fast x you know in in regards to the people that i was with my son uh, both my sons (laughs) and one of my son's friends so it was it was second or third choice and i i sort of said to them do you want to go see it and they was like no not really and i was like well i might go see it on my own then because i would like to see it in the cinema yeah so it's, it's just this general, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the general hype for DC movies is not where it, where Marvel movies are, for example. I mean, I'm excited to go see Blue Beetle, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the trailers for that were before Into the Spider-Verse, and it looks great. Yeah, it's I mean, brilliant. that movie isn't going to make $500 million. It's no. not going to make $250 million, probably. It's probably going to be like a... Hundred. I mean, that movie will probably beat Shazam too. I think, yeah. you know. But but 
it'll probably be pretty good. It yeah. looks pretty good. It, it, it was originally good. meant to be on HBO, so anything oh, that really? they do in theaters yep. is like kind of a home run for them, I think, yep, right. because you know, like it was going to be on HBO anyways, so like it's kind okay. of additional for them. I mean, unless we're doing a recap show of the Flash soon, I'll probably wait to see the Flash when it comes on streaming. You know, it, it doesn't entice me to want to see it in the movie theaters, but I'll probably wait till it comes out on streaming. I, I personally think now that I know that nobody in my household is bothered about going to see it, I'll probably find time to go on my own, which is why a lot of the time, you know, so across, for viewers listening, you know, why did it take us so long to do it across the Spider-Verse show? Because all my family wanted to go watch it and it's hard to tie in. Coordinate, yeah. Fans. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now that I know that nobody's bothered about going to see The Flash, I can go see it on my own. So, well, know, so I probably will do that. If we're going to do a recap, let me know so I can go see it. <laughs> Pressure's yeah. on now, Jaren. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going this week. No, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's... Uh, right, let's moving on. on. Okay, so rumor time. Uh, Daniel RPK has a rumor. Uh, says that Haley Stanfield's Kate Bishop will appear in the Marvels and several oh, other yes. MCU projects. Uh, RPK said that Stanfield is also set to star in a Young Avengers project, which is officially slated as to be determined 2025-2026. Um, so it's not been confirmed, but he believes that there's an announcement coming in a few months. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I would really, I, I think the dynamic between Aman Villani and um, Hayley Steinfeld would be tremendous. I've really heard just Xylotol, um Gomez, and also to um, the young woman who plays... Um, who plays uh, Cassie, uh, Catherine, um, I can't remember her whole name, but she plays Cassie in Quantumania. Yes. I think yeah, that I dynamic think. between all of them would, would be really well done. Yeah. I think um, you need a, you'll need a male in there. You'll need a strong male yeah. in there as well, though. Well, I'm sure we can tie the, the, the Patriot in. Um, I'm possibly, you know, I'm trying to think who else they could tie in. Um, Riri could be tied into that. What, we, but another male, I'm trying to think. Obviously, we've got we've got the potential of a, a Billy and a Tommy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I just thought about? If okay, this is crazy. This is crazy, and probably I'm going out off the reservation here. If Fury is mar married to a scroll, because this is how they introduce Hulkling into the MCU. If they had a child, <laughs> instead of it being a, a Kree scroll, could it be a human scroll hybrid? <laughs> I'm yeah, some seri seriously. <laughs> Maybe. So, who knows? Who knows? Because it'd be good to see. Yeah, it'd be good to get um, the Hulkling in as well. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have that complete team there. Um, yeah, Iron Lad. They could even do at some point. Yeah, I'd really like to see Iron Lad, but I, I, I think if they're going to bring when they bring Billy in, Billy Kaplan, I think they need to bring Hulkling in. They need to nurture that relationship between the two of them um, for for a while before they become an item. I think that that, that otherwise. Forcing them together, we'll feel forced, and I think the the audience will go, "Well, what's that all about? You just force this gay relationship together, and it's like, no, 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 this is something that did play out in comics over a long time." But I think if they forced it on screen, it would it would backfire for them. Do you know what I mean? Um, even if they don't have it be Fury's child, could they tease Hulkling at the end of Secret Invasion? Mm. Possibly. So I'm just thinking out that loud because when else yeah. they introduce Hulkling? You know, or even the Marvels could introduce Hulkling. Yeah. Um, 
another thing too, he says that Hawkeye season two is in development along with also appearing in Secret Wars. So that'll be interesting how that Hawkeye season two, if that gets set up Young Avengers um, as well uh, with more Kate focus, but also with um, with Jerry Runner's injury and recovery, how's that going to mm. play into things for Hawkeye season two as well? Mm-hmm. Really like to see him take on like a real mentor role. Yep. You know, it'd be like really him. Nice just occasionally turn up in Avengers movies or whatever, whoever's movie, to be totally honest. It doesn't matter. You know, more Jeremy Renner, the better, to be honest. But if he turns up in a mentor type role, great. We kind of get I, to see him and Scott turn up as mentors throughout the series. Scott, kind of the comedic one, uh, um, Clint, kind of the serious one, but the kind of the, you know, the good cop, bad yeah. cop type of thing. Yeah. I saw somebody mention that it would be kind of cool if in the meantime, Jeremy Renner kind of just like rolled in on like his like hover bike. Like, you yeah, know, why not? Yeah. yeah, like give yeah. it to him now. Like, he yeah, just, like sit on it or something, you know, or be like on it and sh- take a shot from the yeah. long distance or something, you know, like kind of, kind of like just own it. Like yep. Jeremy Renner, just own it. Like if anybody's going to just own like what he's what's happened to him, it's going to mm-hmm. be him. Like he's going to go, do you know what? I will carry on being in a Marvel movie, but this is how I want to be in this Marvel movie. Like, and I want exactly. to own, yeah, I want to own like being, being injured, like within the movie, you know, yeah. like I want to still be injured. You know, you can, you can dress it up however you want, but I'm going to be in this, in this, on this bike, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. From this, um, the chat about the young Avengers stuff being set up. That's exciting to hear from the chat. Um, also, too, someone says Jerry Renner becomes the main, the man, the chair for a season. Yeah. There you go. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, Armor Wars news. Uh, reportedly, it's still in the schedule, and it's still looking at July twenty fifth, twenty twenty five, is the mm. rumor going around. So, Strong. not sure. Yep. Uh, Deadpool three. <laughs> reportedly, Ben Affleck was on set. Um, and the rumor is saying that he'll appear in Deadpool 3, possibly reprising his role as Matt Murdock. There's also been some traction out there on Jessica <laughs> Alba as well. This movie sounds like it's going to be Deadpool kills the Fox universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kitchen, throw the kitchen sink at yep. get him to kill them all. Yeah. Or he just goes through, makes fun of the old Fox movies. So... You know what? I'm happy to see that version of Matt Murdock if it means that we'll never see him again. If he gets his head chopped off. Yeah. yeah. Like, make so, it count, please. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> From the chat here, uh, someone also agrees to Deadpool kills Foxverse. So mm-hmm. um, we have some El Muerto news. Um, it was taken off the Sony release schedule. Um, it has been delayed indefinitely due to writer's strike. Um, it is unknown if the film will be resumed due to Bad Bunny's hectic tour schedule. Um, but also, too, more news came out saying that Tombstone was going to be in the movie, um, was going to explore the anti-hero story and introduce Tombstone, a famous mafia boss from the Spider-Man comics. They were iron Marvin Jones III for the role, who voiced the character in Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. So... So was it supposed to be like El Muerto versus Tombstone? I guess kind of. I don't. I don't know. But also, too, it says that Mercedes Vernado, better known as Sasha Banks, is also in an unnamed role as well. Hmm. So, I'm seeing here conflicting things about this movie right now. But right now, the main thing is that Bad Bunny is going to be busy for a while, so that could change things up. It's probably it's probably not a bad thing. To be <laughs> 
Let's see how Craven does, you know. Yeah. Yeah. First, yeah. You know? Oh, I forgot the Craven trailer came out. We can talk about that. We can talk about that yeah. at the end. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Um, awesome Star Wars news. Um, there is some talk about Ray Skywalker Star Wars movie. Uh, it's reportedly gonna be April of 2024 to start shooting. Um, and the Star Wars title is gonna be Star Wars New Jedi Order. So hmm. you, you know what? I, I'm gonna go against the grain. Yeah. I actually don't mind Ray. Like I know a lot of people don't like her, but I'm not the. I'm not against her at all. I'm neither. Um, no, and, and I quite like Daisy Ridley. I, I don't. I, yeah, I've not got a huge problem. The movies themselves, like the 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 the, the sequel movies, they they weren't great. I, I especially the second one. Yeah, I, I understand that the movies weren't great, but her as a character, I'm not totally against her at all. To be totally honest, so if that can do a good movie, I'm I'm happy to see that. Yeah, I'm happy to see that. Um, and yeah, New Jedi Order. It's kind of what I thought that these these the, the her trilogies would be. You know, her trilogy would be that, but it kind of never turned into that. So hopefully, this new one will. But I hope they don't just rehash the same stuff. Sorry, again. yeah, yeah, exactly, and just go through it for a new generation of people. I hope they actually give us a, a, a new story. You know. Catching up on chat here. Uh, looks look look what they did to Craven and Morbius, uh, but the Sony stuff. We, we will in a minute. Don't worry. Yeah, someone goes awful, and then uh, another person goes, "I like Ray." So, all go. from the chat here. Okay, DCU news. Sasha Cal has confirmed that she's met with DC Studio CEO Peter uh, Safran about her potential DCU future. I hope to continue playing Supergirl. I love her so deeply, and I feel so connected to her. Now, I've heard great things about her in the movie alex you've seen it so you can comment but you know i'm you know i'm fine so it's like cool in the trailers so I mean, yeah cool. yeah i'll just say that the way that the movie explains it is that she probably most likely won't have a future in huh. dc um and it's one of those things where it seems like what happens to her character is inevitable like it's always going to happen so i'm not going to say what happens and spoil it for everybody like she did great um, they kind of did this nice little thing where, like, in Flashpoint, they find Kal-El, and Kal-El is this, like, you know, withered, like, human-looking person that's been trapped in, like, a little room, and he hasn't seen the sun, and they did that in this, but instead she lands in Russia, and they go and pull her out of Russia, and when she makes it outside, she does awesome in the fight scene when she gets the sun and she floats up in the sky and everything. It's great. So I, mean, I did. It is, like a, it is a multiverse movie, so they could bring her back, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, is like, and I'm kind of confused with the ending on the Flash, and it's because like you're kind of made to believe that like Barry realizes that he needs to fix what he changed, and then he makes an, another additional small change at the end of the movie, but ends up in a completely different universe, and the ending, you're like. This makes no sense. How can he be in the same universe as Gunn's universe unless he goes to another universe and we somehow end up in another universe? But that's not in this movie. <laughs> so why would they do that? Like, you know, I so, feel like yeah. that Pepe Silva gift from Charlie from uh, yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pepe Silva, Pepe Silva. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, other heroes, Wonder Woman, uh, Gal Gadot on her future as Wonder Woman. Things are being worked behind the scenes, and once the right moment arrives, you'll know about it. Mm-hmm. So I have no clue what that means. 
<laughs> so if the money's I, right, I, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, that's what it means. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. I was gonna say I don't think she knows what it means either. To be honest, I mean, I like her as Wonder Woman, you know, as as Diana. So they could go that route. I like the way they portrayed the Amazons in in the movies. Um, so if she's back, I'm cool with it. I mean, we're supposed to be getting that show from James Gunn, I think, about, like, uh, Themyscira. Yeah. Um, and the Amazons, yeah. like, 5,000 years ago or something like that. So it's going to be, like, I guess about the founding of how the Amazons kind of got set up and everything. So I feel like that'll probably be a little bit of a prequel to Wonder Woman. So, you know, like, maybe they change her. Maybe they keep Gal. I mean, it, they put Gal Gadot in Shazam 2. They put her in The Flash. They have put her in... You know, like, we just had Wonder Woman 84, so, like, not long ago. I mean, that was, you know, what, a year or two ago that that came out, so, like, yeah. I mean, they could end that series with her as a child, you know, and then it goes yeah. to present day. Which, where I she's... Mean, the second movie touched on her as a child. Yeah, exactly. You know, going through the games and everything yep. and competing with all the adult female Amazons that are, like, out there, like, running, and she's, like, seven years old. So, it's, like, I don't know, it's very interesting, so... From the chat here, that was the only good thing in Shazam 2. I disagree with that. I thought for the most part Shazam 2 was a good movie. I liked the family. I liked the kids. I just didn't like Zachary Levi because it seemed like he was not connected to Billy Batson at all in that movie. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the family, they all connected great with their younger selves and older selves. But Levi was like, he dialed, he phoned that in pretty much, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. or, didn't, or, didn't, or didn't understand the assignment. My favorite meme is the one where the mother is talking to him as Shazam, and she's like, can you please turn back into Billy? That way I can talk to the more mature one. And I'm just like, oh, man, that's so spot on. You know, If, like, if they make any more Shazams, they need to do the same thing they do with Mary and mm -hmm. just have um, the kid who plays Billy Batson play also Shazam as well. I just, just don't think he's big enough. You know, that's the problem. Like Shazam's okay. like Zachary Levi's. Yeah, like, he bulked up. Yeah, taller than him True. too, and he's. They like can do camera wider. magic. Yeah, they can do camera yeah. magic. The kid can bulk up, you know. Mm -hmm. So I mean, they could always just have him just stay Levi the whole movie too, and never turn back into Billy, which they didn't even have that much of him changing back and forth in Shazam too. So, yeah. True. You know. Uh. The last thing of the news before we talk about the Craven trailer is that Warner Brothers Discovery is in talks to sell around half of the studio's film and TV music publishing assets for around $500 million. So that merger and, you know, DC not doing much, it sounds like they need some cash. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I have for the news. I guess the last thing we can talk about is the Craven trailer. Yeah, let's do it. Um, strange. Strange. It like I, I I've got like I looked at some of that. I'm I, I'm a big uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson fan. I like him. I think he's cool. I think he was calling cool Kickass. I think he was calling cool uh, as Quicksilver. I thought he was calling cool a couple of other things I've seen him in in like uh, Bullet Train and you know I like him. I think he's good. However, and there was cool moments in this, but generally speaking, I was just sort of sitting there going, "This, I'm not." encouraged by this in the slightest um mm -hmm. there was some sort of fun like little bits but it's not enough for me to want to go and watch a movie you know the lion bite with the drop of blood that goes into the wound i was like oh no 
Please it, tell me we're not doing what I think we're doing. It's Spider-Man with lions. Him. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> he got bitten by a radioactive lion. I was like, <laughs> it's it's so great that they like almost in the MCU when they did Vulture, like Sony wasn't in charge of doing Vulture because he would have been bitten probably by a radioactive Bravo, bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and turned into Vulture. Like you know, like we have radioactive spiders, but, radioactive birds, radioactive lions, yeah. radioactive yeah. Uh, rhinos. Uh, in, a, in a radioactive goblin, I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, you know. I was kind of watching that trailer going, hmm. and then you go, huh, huh. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> like that was basically my feelings for uh, that trailer. Uh so the the chat emoji thing. That's why I'm cracking up laughing here. If, if uh, people listen yeah. to this, is that someone just did a whole thing of the puking emoji in the comments I put on screen. But I have mixed thoughts on this. It, it kind of feeds off the early days of the Kramic of the Craven comics. If you kind of go back in history a little bit um, with him, the animals and that kind of stuff and some of the things. So there's some of that nostalgia there and that comic connection um, for me though, the radioactive lion bite or whatever that line is, you know, kind of threw me off the whole thing with the spiders falling down to him scene kind of threw me off the whole thing about the whole erasing the villain and then all of a sudden doing the right thing and this and that it's like, they didn't understand the tone or there's yeah. conflicting tones, or yeah. they whoever did the trailer should have changed it up a little bit to not have that conflicting tone. The most exciting thing for me in the trailer, though, was at the end when we... Or it looks like we're going to get the proper rhino. Rhino. Right? Yeah. If we see a proper rhino, for me, I'll be very happy with that. Um, but if this film was just called The Hunter and had nothing to do with attached to the comics or Craven, it looked like a cool movie, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. th- it... it like Sony's fashion, though, it looks like it's a mess. Um, but, you know, and, and nothing against Paul Giamatti's Rhino because I love Paul Giamatti, but the mechanical Rhino and the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2 didn't do it for me. But if we get a proper Rhino on screen, I think that'll be good for me. And it seems like they're trying to build toward that Sinister Six type of project. So we have Morbius. We have um, now we have Craven. Um, you have Vulture coming in already. You know, are they trying to build up to that Sinister Six bad guys movie? Who knows and who knows what they're going to make their Sinister Six roster going to be. I, I got those vibes of like the Rob Schneider, the animal movie from this, <laughs> but like an R-rated version. You know what I'm saying? Like it it just like it felt like that to me. I don't know. Like I watched the trailer like two or three times and I was just kind of just like really kind of confused. It It's like a it's a very interesting situation with the rhino at the end. I'm like, is he bitten by a rhino? Yeah. Like, you know, like, is he bitten by the lion? Speared like, I'm just by, yeah. speared by a rhino. Yeah. But yeah. I, so, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if they were doing some other, like, what if they tie this into where Oscorp or whatever was doing experimentation on other animals past, past the spiders, right? If they were doing experimentation on rhinos and lions and, or we find out there's some kind of connection there, that'd be kind of cool. And that kind of helps kind of build things out. Yes, it's different from the comics, you know, and that kind of stuff. But if it actually connects together, you know, to me, this doesn't look as bad as Morbius did. Honestly, I'll probably go see this. I didn't see Morbius until it came out on Netflix. And I don't think I've seen the whole movie as a whole because I keep falling asleep during it. But at <laughs> least this movie has Russell Crowe in it and and that yeah. kind of stuff. It's, and it's got a, it's got a good yeah. cast. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um yeah, I know what you mean. It just seems a bit of a mess. Yeah. I, I agree with this comment. Yeah, it would be a cool character and a cool movie, but it isn't the creep. We know exactly. Like, this movie was just called The Hunter, like I was saying. Boom, I go see it. I'd be like, yeah, he's messing people up. You know, I'd be like, yeah, get him, get him, that kind of thing. But but it's tied to Craven, so we'll see. 
it's kind of so cool to get the proper Craven costume at the end. You we see in that shot in the poster, which that poster kind of plays off of uh, Black Panther and also plays yeah. off of um, there's two different posters like that superhero look kind of leaning back like that in the chair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, we I was shall talking, see. I was talking to somebody about this movie and I was saying, you know, it it was so funny to me because it's like I feel like Sony gets Spider-Man, but they don't get the villains a lot of yeah. the time. And it and it feels like they just miss the mark. And I was yep. like using Venom, too, as my biggest example. Why do you have Venom go to a rave when one of his weaknesses is sound? Like, you know, like, that just seems like the one place he should not be at, you know? Well, like, because he's DJing, so he's not going to hurt himself while he's DJing the rave. Yeah, yeah you just... <laughs> like, he, was, okay. he was getting paid to DJ. Like, yeah, 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 you're just like, okay, Sony, I uh, hear you. But. Someone's comparing this to Black Adam, which are, I think Black Adam wasn't the producer's fault. I think The Rock kind of wanted to not do Black Adam properly. And like I said before, when we talk about Black Adam, all The Rock had to do was be the villain for one... The Rock had to follow Arnold Schwarzenegger's path the Terminator. If he would have followed that path, they could have made a whole Shazam franchise. Or, oh, the chair. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the chair. That's right. Black Adam had the poster. I'm sorry. But yeah, my rant was like, they could have made a whole franchise with Shazam if The Rock would have been the villain for one movie and then brought him back as kind of that companion helper kind of hero going forward like they do with the Terminator. But I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah, Black Adam had the chair uh, poster as well. Like that. He was sitting yeah. back in the chair. Yeah. yeah. Somebody should have just leaned into the rock and said, Hey, Black Adam isn't a big character like the Justice League. Like, you know, like kind of know your place, like as the character of Black Adam, you know, like he's not going to be like up here in every movie with Superman and stuff like that. But, you know? but, and, so I was going to say, and that's why sometimes actually, and we've said it before about casting these huge, huge guys, and I don't mean stature, like huge actors with huge mm -hmm. followings and huge, you know, really popular guys in these roles. I get it because they need to have some star power maybe to, to promote the role, but actually that could, that could then work against the role itself, you know, like, so the rock obviously didn't want, you know, he wanted something different to what the character actually was, where if, if it was a lesser known actor that was more susceptible to, you know, to, to, to a certain, to a different story, they might have been less inclined to, to sort of say, no, actually, I want it to be like this, which then may have led to what you were saying, Jory. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, though, as bad as that movie kind of wasn't the story and The Rock not embracing the character fully, Black Adam is kind of their most successful recent DC movie, though, box office. But is that, is that just purely because of The Rock? Oh, it's The like, Rock. Oh, definitely it's The Rock. My I, sister I mean, loves The Rock, and she nothing, doesn't really know Black Adam, but she went and saw the movie and enjoyed it. So. I mean, like, I think even with, like, the Fast movies, every movie that The Rock is in has, like, crushed the other ones, you know? You so it, it's like, you know... He has a very popular following. That's, yeah. that's why I kind of feel like I hate to say this, but for DC right now, you might be looking at Black Adam might be the top of what's going on right now for a yeah, while. Yeah, okay. Because yep. of The Rock draw, it puts, yeah, I hate to say it like this, but he puts asses in the seats. Yeah, you know, honestly, he's like, but is it is it short is it short term gain for long term loss? Like, could they True. have gone some? Do you know what I mean? Could they have sort of built this up mm -hmm. over like that story that Jarum was saying? I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about the Black Adam Shazam story other than what you've told me, guys. That but, could have been a whole franchise. Well, yeah, yeah and and it should have ended with like I think Black Adam fighting Superman and Shazam like yep. at the same time. Like that would have been an awesome thing. They could have put Cavill Levi versus The Rock. Yep. And they did an animated movie like this, and it's a great animated movie. 
you know, like, and they could have done something like that. I feel like fans would have gone nuts for that, you know, like. They could have had a whole, like I said, Shazam franchise and just kept going the whole time. Um, um, So from the chat here, I heard he kind of bullied DC Brass to get what he wanted. Um, I don't know if that's true, obviously, but it's believable. Um, I feel like he's one dimensional acting wise, so he's okay to me. So The Rock's had some pretty good films, right? And he's played some different roles in some of those films. Um, like the one film with the football kids, uh, oh, where he's gridiron gang. Yeah, that gridiron. That's a great movie. Brilliant. Um, I thought he was great in GI Joe. You know, I thought he did well in that movie. Um, I think he does bring another level to the the Fast and Furious movies because I don't know if you watched this last week, but I said I went through and watched all the movies and end on the latest one. I think him in those movies, other than him being the only one sweating and no one else sweating in some of the scenes, I'm trying to figure out why he's sweating so much, but uh, you know. They sprayed um, him with baby. Yeah, oil, yeah. yeah. Um, well, Tyrese makes that joke. I got the baby. Someone got the baby oil, and he's like, you know, he's always making the joke back and forth with Tyrese. Definitely but, um, but yeah, he he's had some roles where he's done some pretty good things. I just even when when he was the football player, where he had like the daughter and that kind of stuff. Um, another movie. So I think he plays some pretty good roles. I just think he kind of misunderstood the Black Adam's uh, assignment and what the potential could have been. Yes, yeah. again, this is the probably the most grossing movie for DC as of late. But, you know, what's going to happen once Blue Beetle comes out? Or you said Aquaman was pretty popular, the, that movie. So when part two comes out, Jason Moma is like The Rock as well. He has a big following. Again, my sister, who loves The Rock and goes see anything with The Rock in it, same thing with Jason Moma. If it's a Jason Moma movie, she'll go see it. She don't care. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think the other thing with The Rock, too, is, is like, he did that Hobbs and Shaw movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think that movie did, like, $750 million, yep. and it's a spin-off of the Fast movies. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And, like, it's, and it's really not very good, either. So. Yeah, but but and, you got Jason Statham, you got The Rock, and you got Idris oh, yeah. Elba. So yeah, that, that's woman candy. Eye candy well, for women right there. Excellent cast right there. I mean, yeah. all three of those are great actors. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. are phenomenal, you know? Like, and yeah, The Rock, like, he does a good job. Like, he's a great actor. But yeah, maybe maybe he didn't do the best job with Black Adam, I think. <laughs> um, and as far as uh, this one about your comment about the, the Shazam movie with Superman, that kind of stuff, um, they said that I agree, Alex, that could have been really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, brilliant. Should we wrap it up there, guys? Yep, uh, so just to let you guys know, we do have a new streaming location now. So Kick Streaming is new as this week. Um, you can catch us live and interact in the chats on Facebook page, Facebook groups, uh, Twitch, um, YouTube, um, Trovo, and Kicks. Um, we do stream on Twitter, but we don't see the chat. So if you want to get involved in the chat, make it over to one of the other places where we can see the chats. And then we always have the Instagram page for... Stuff, stuff from the group or recap stuff that we post for the episodes. Spe- speaking of chat, speaking of chat, as I've had a few tins today, I can't ignore that last comment. All right, coming. I'll put it up there. You want to go it for it? There. Put it up there. Let's go so, for it. <laughs> random question. If you could choose any celebrity to see get tickled, who would it be? <laughs> uh, hi, Emma. Uh, 19, 98, uh-huh. eight, whatever it is. <laughs> go on, then. <laughs> Um, uh, I I just think I think someone like really serious, like um, I don't know, like Dame Judi Dench would be quite funny. 
Yeah, um, I don't know who I would choose for this. I almost <laughs> feel like I would want to choose somebody like that. I think it would be funny to watch somebody like Elizabeth Olsen. But at the same time, <laughs> I feel like it would be funny to do it to like John Bernthal because I feel like whoever's yes. going to do it yes. is going to get yes. punched in the face. You know what yes. I'm saying? So like it might be funnier <laughs> to do it to something like that. So Yeah, somebody who's just going to turn around and kick him in the face afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the follow up to that to her to the question says, I, I say Justin Bieber as he's quite arrogant and he's, he's and he'd hate it. LOL. <laughs> um another one from the chat here yep i stayed for the whole show so i'm late lol gotta run good show fellows catch you later thank you for staying up with us um yeah it's been a pleasure and, yep as always uh so there you go emma We've, you've had the uh, jane duty uh, dame judy dench and uh justin birth uh john birth now um are we done mm-hmm. i just want to keep talking no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I need another drink. I'm empty. Um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. As always, guys, um, we'll see you again. Yep. Secret Invasion Episode 2 next week. Same time. I'll talk to you next week. See you guys.